What's going on, everybody? It's Tommy Runs, and this is the Run, Eat, Sleep Show, episode number 59. We're moving right along, people. This is great and awesome. Thank you so much for tuning in. Make sure you subscribe to this, though, because that helps me out a lot. Uh, Make sure you subscribe to this, like it, share it, and then also go follow uh, the Run, Eat, Sleep Show on Instagram. Instagram is where the videos will be held always. That's where the lives happen, so if you don't follow, you won't know that a live is coming up soon, so check us out there. Follow us, and with me follow me and then uh you'll be able to see the live version and then actually in, try to interact with the guest of the day so today's guest is molly huddle as i mentioned did i mention that no i didn't today's guest is molly huddle um she's held and holds a bunch of different american records on the road and in the track this lady is fast as i don't even know what i mean i thought i was getting faster but when you look at her times it's like i have no chance in the world to ever catch up to this lady so um check it out molly is amazing she spent a a good hour with me and we had a great time and uh, molly talked about you know running and what motivates her to keep her going as a runner and as a person to try to keep getting better some tips for fellow runners um she talked about the boston marathon coming up at the time this is a little bit of a delay so um bear with me on that but all the stuff that we talked about and all the motivational tips are still there still present and still able to be used by us slower guys slower folks so thanks so much uh tune in make sure you follow like subscribe and then go to instagram and follow us there enjoy the episode it's molly huddle um thank you molly for being on the show today um and I just want to start by saying that, you know, we've all of us on here look up to you for so many different ways and reasons and all that good stuff. Um, so I just, oh, and then somebody says, hi, Molly, not Seidel. Because <laughs> I think Molly Seidel put up that post like last week, I think it was, and like all the comparisons of like what who you are, what, what she is. Um, so that, that was really funny. But um, I just want to say, you know, welcome to the show and thank you for all that you're that you're doing and pushing. And, and you're also in August birthday so you just had a birthday so so happy belated birthday thank you are you also august yes i am august 22nd and i just turned okay. th- i just turned 37 Hey. So me we're too. we're really close. Virgo like, power. Are you a Virgo too? No, no. I'm on the oh, I'm on the Leo you're on the side. Line. I'm on the yeah. I'm right on the line. I think I'm the okay. reason. Yeah. They were like, no more of these. We're gonna go 23rd Virgo. You know. <laughs> um. But yeah. So ha- happy belated birthday. What What did you do for your birthday? How about we'll start with something very unprofessional. It It was pretty low key. Um. Went for a run. I walked my dog, and we did go sit outside and have dinner somewhere. So that was nice, me and my husband. Nice, nice. Well, I guess we'll just take it way back. I mean, I'd like to kind of figure out a little bit more about, you know, the runner and the person. Um, When did... When did you start running? I mean, it sounds crazy to think of, like, when did you really start and, like, this is what I'm going to do. I like it a lot. So many years ago. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I, I started running as a kid probably around age 12. Um, just grade school, track and field, mm-hmm. just like two months a year out of the year, probably. Yep. Um, and then continued, continued doing that through high school and college. And I went professional and got really serious about running in, uh, 2007. Okay. So I've had a lot of pro seasons under my belt. Well, what, so what did like, at what point though was like running a thing? Like when did you realize that you were fast? You know, like, cause I mean, there's a lot of people that do track and field, uh, and cross country. Um, but when did you realize like, wow, I'm, you know, I'm really competitive. I think 
probably it wasn't until my senior year of high school that I realized that because mm-hmm. um, I had qualified for like a national track meet my mm-hmm. the year before for the first time as a junior. Yeah. And <clears throat> I was talking to some of the kids there. You know, I didn't win that meet or anything, but there were national class high school kids that had raced for the very first time. Yeah. And I kind of saw where I stepped up. And they were saying, hey, you should try cross-country. We all ran cross-country. That's why we had such good track seasons. And so I made it a goal to qualify for the national high school cross-country meet the next year. Um, and I didn't know if I'd make it there. Um, but I you know, did my first ever season of cross-country. I did make it to that national meet. I mm-hmm. qualified. You had to be top eight at that time. It was like top eight or nine yeah. um, in your region. So you had to be pretty good. And then when I got there, I was running against like the best of the best distance runners mm-hmm. um, in the U.S. for my age group. So I saw where I stacked up. I was fourth, I think, in that race. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, well, I like I hadn't looked up ranking lists. Right. I really knew nothing. I was really naive until I got there. Yeah. And so that showed me a lot. It showed me where to go to be better, who's the best, how fast are they, yeah. where do I stack, what could I do with more training. Um, so that was, like, super eye-opening. So, like, that was, like, senior year. I mean, that's when you said, hey, I could be – I like that you're, like, you know, like, where could I be with more training, you know? Because mm-hmm. I think that there's so many – on different levels, obviously, but there's so many of us that are, you know, um, hobby runners or weekend warriors or whatever you want to call it, that like have a moment, like an epiphany, like, oh, if I trained a little differently, maybe I could go after that, like sub four or whatever it is. Um, so like, what did that look like for you as a, as a senior to say, hey, like if I worked a little harder or differently or smarter or whatever, um, I could be faster. What did that look like at that time for you? What did that mean? Yeah, it, it, helped me get a lot better actually so like I didn't win that race um like I said I was fourth but the women that beat me like it was cool to talk to them and see like what are they doing and follow their results after that race um I was really motivated and I'm always a little better on the track so I kept running all year that was the first year I ran all year instead of playing other sports Mm -hmm. um and then that track season I ended up setting national record and winning the national meet in the two mile so um, it immediately like paid off just adjusting my goals and yeah. adjusting like what I know is possible if you do things a little differently, a little more seriously. Um, so yeah, it was pretty cool. I learned that, you know, that carried through for years and years. So like, what, well, I guess what would be your advice to like the, the normal, the, like the normal runner, um, that's not like looking to go win anything, you know, really, but they're just like, you know, they have goals that they want to achieve, um, you know, whether it's like, like I said, just like sub four, sub five or whatever it is, what would be your advice to someone that's just trying to take that like next step and get a little more serious? Yeah, I would say I love having like a coach to bounce things off Mm -hmm. of, bounce ideas off of, um, you know, whether it's online or a club coach or even just like a friend who knows what they're doing, because it's hard to see the whole picture yourself. You're too close to it and you might not be resting enough or you might not be, um, putting your workouts the right spacing you know there's little things that someone else from the outside might look at and say oh I see where you can improve or like you don't look good today or you do look good today (laughs) so I would say if you can get another pair of eyes and another brain on it um that always helps (laughs) yeah yeah I think I I agree with that too like it's like you get that that objective like vantage point where it's like you know because you're so close to it you're so tied into it and you just especially if you're really motivated to do something you can you'll, you can push your, you can train too hard and push yourself right through and next thing you're overtrained and then you know all that kind of out of the window um so like what when you how, how long have you been with your coach 
um, since I graduated from college, so the whole last is it fifteen years, yeah. I think. <laughs> yeah. So yes. Yeah, yeah. so, so basically, if you get a, if you get a good one, keep it, right? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I think that's really valuable. The time and just the knowledge base that builds up when you work with someone for a long time. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's like gold. <laughs> yeah, and I, and I think that some people like when they look at they think about a coach and they just like, well, I'm not, you know, I'm not that fast. I don't need, you know, I don't deserve a coach or whatever it is. But I mean, if if it makes you happy and you want to go out there and run a little faster, a PR or whatever the number is, you know, I think it's worth it. I mean, there's we we pay memberships for gyms that we don't even go to a lot of times, exactly. you know. Um, <laughs> so why not pay for someone to you know help you design your you know kind of structure your running life, especially if you're gonna run five, six times a week anyway. Um, mm-hmm. So, like, when you when you turned, when you kind of fast forward a little bit after college, so when, when you turned to pro in 2007, what was, when, what was that like for you to go from, you know, that college life to now I'm running pro and this is like a livelihood, of, you know, for you? Yeah, I was just super excited. Like, I think that fueled my whole first, my first summer. I graduated from school, ran NCAAs in June. Mm-hmm ran USA's as a pro about a week or two later. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just like, so excited to have a pro kit on. And then I went to Europe, maybe or I moved to, no, I went to Europe first about two weeks after that, yeah. did some pro races. So excited to be racing in Europe. Um, and I PR'd off just my college training and pure excitement basically that <laughs> summer. Um, and it was, it was luckily smooth that summer because the women, uh, in the group that I was joining were already mm-hmm. over in Europe. So I just landed in their laps basically. And they showed me what to do. They were like, here's what, you know, come to the races with us, yeah. train with us while you're here. And it was so valuable. You know, some people, their first season in Europe, they're alone. Yeah. Um, so that made the transition really smooth and it got me just like excited that I was doing the right thing and that the group was going to be good for me. Um, and then the next year I, I ran a bunch of PRs as well. Yeah. Um, and then kind of the season, got deflated at the very end because I got picked up a few injuries but like I felt like our ball was rolling in the right direction right away Mm -hmm. so that was good well and so you went over to Europe to you know for your your first like official season was that did that you think that helped too getting away from you know where you grew up and just kind of taking you out of like the whole normal and sitting you somewhere else with some people that were really grinding totally yeah I mean sometimes I would see the people I was just racing uh, over there, yeah. I was, you know, a lot of the Americans go end up oh, in the right. same races, but there's something about it where it's just like a professional race. Um, Europe is really into track and field. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's a new experience. It's a little adventurous. Like I'd never been to Europe before. Yeah. So it, the adrenaline was definitely flowing like all summer. And I think that kind of helped my racing. <laughs> it was very fresh, definitely not the typical, like, you know, college season anymore. So and so you started off like it sounded like you started with a bang because you had a bunch of PRs and doing really well and then like you said you kind of that end of that season you know didn't end like you wanted it to because of some injuries like how did you how did you maneuver through that because I mean obviously you came out of it very well um, like how did you maneuver through those injuries when everything seemed to be going you know perfect for you Yeah that was disappointing so like that next year I had set um, PRs in. I was going to aim for the 10K. That was an Olympic year. It was 2008. Mm -hmm. And I had the qualifying time. Um, Only four women had the qualifying time for the 10K. So I thought I really could make the team. And everything was going great. You know, every goal I had, I was hitting the mark pretty close. Like, I wanted to make a world cross-country team. I did. I wanted to finish in the top 
20 there. I did. I wanted to get the Olympic time. I did. I just had to get to the trials and, and be top, you know, one of the top three with the time. Um, and I strained my calf three weeks out and was like, oh. you know, not a bad injury, but yeah. like definitely knocked me out of the game enough. Um, and then I just, I think I might've overtrained and just hit that peak too soon mm-hmm. as well. Cause the whole rest of the summer, I just felt really flat. Yeah. So that was really disappointing. I think that was my first, like, Hey, like showing me like, Hey, things are not, you're not entitled to make the team just because it's going well all year. Like things are going to happen to you over this journey. So you got to learn how to deal with it. So, um, I did my best to kind of race through the rest of the season. Um, I did at the very end of the season, finally win uh, my first U S championship. It was a road race. Um, at the very end of the season, a 10 K. So that was kind of a nice little reward for sticking it out for another couple months. Yeah. So and so coming, I mean, because you obviously ran, you run on the track quite a bit. Um, what uh, what's the what what would you rather? I mean, are you definitely more aimed towards the track? Is that like your favorite, or because I've seen you do really well on the road as you know too? Yeah, I mean, I like them both. The roads I felt like took some; they feel a little bit harder to me, mm-hmm. but um, they're so fun at yep. the same time. You know, you just you can have a lot of different goals on the road because there's so many different people there that you can race with. Um, the track, it's like, you know, it's a microscope. So I love it. I love measuring every 400, but you can't hide on the track. So on the road, you can kind of be like, Oh, I'll just run with this pack today. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. The pressure is definitely different. And then, so, so kind of go back to, you know, from Europe. So when did, when did you come back to the States and, you know, kind of start mainly focused here? Yeah, so that I only went over for about, I don't know, it might have been six weeks uh, that first year in 2007, mm-hmm. and then did some road races, and then got right, right back into training, took a break, got back into training for the winter. Right. And that's how my year has gone every year for the last, gosh, you know, probably 14, 13 years. Yeah. Um, we go to Europe for two right, months right. in the summer, we come back, do some road races, take a break. Right. Um, so, yeah, that's been on repeat. Right. Well, then, I mean, we j- and we just came through the Olympics here, and so I I um love to get into like to year two Olymp you know the 2016 or to 16 and 12, but can you take me like through you know the the process of because you had I don't want to because I'm really excited about your 2016 like I loved like it was an amazing amazing year, but let's start with 2012 the um, 11th place in the 5,000 meter. Um, what was that year like for you? Because it seems like you have like these killer years like it'd just be like a year where everything was just like sinking well so can you do you remember how you felt and how what you were going through at the time like 2012 yeah so 2012 i was coming off in 2010 i had set the american record in the mm-hmm. 5k i pr'd like four times that season in the 5k that was one of the great years for me yeah. um 2011 i won my first U.S. championship and then uh, kind of tore my planter, so I had a rough run at world championships, but at least I made it to the world championships because that was my first ever international, you know, track world championships. Right. So I thought, I'm going to, you know, that sets me up good for next year because I don't want to make the Olympics without never having been on the international, you know, track stage before. Mm-hmm. Um, so 2012 comes around and it, the pressure was really high. I actually wasn't running that well that season. Mm-hmm. I had, um, like gotten really sick at the end of 2011 with this weird virus. I don't know if I got it in, uh, when I was at worlds, it was, uh, 
like we had to travel to um, South Korea and back, and I always get sick traveling. So that knocked me out all fall, and then I had really bad allergies that year for whatever yeah. reason. So some of my workouts, my coach was just like, oh, man, you don't look very good. This is not a good year to not look good. Yeah, no, you need <laughs> he to. was very nervous. Yeah. yeah, he was very nervous for me. He said, he told me he, at the trials, he wanted to puke because he was so nervous. Oh so God. our whole team feels these emotions when we're out there. Yeah. Um, but I was kind of just, I would have one good okay race and mm. one really bad. I remember I had a bad road race. I had a, I had a bad uh, Prefontaine meet, which mm. is at Eugene, which yep. is where the trials were going to be in a few weeks. And so that really scared me right, to have right. like a bad experience there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, going in, I felt like I should be on this team. I'm the American record holder in the 5K. This is my event but it wasn't going great. Mm -hmm. So we really just had to freshen up and um, hope for the best that yeah. day. And um, it was a pretty dramatic 5K. And luckily I was I ended up second and, yeah. and made the team. So, yeah, I was just happy to be in London that year. My goal was make the final because yeah. I hadn't made the final the yeah. year before. And uh, I ran pretty well. I think I led my prelim because I knew we had to run a certain time. And I just yeah. went and set the pace for the time. Yeah. And was one of the last people in um and then in the final i remember my legs feeling pretty bad mm -hmm. i think i was 10th or 11th which i wasn't super happy with right. but um i was great i was happy to have an olympic experience you know like that's just what i could have done with that season right um, yeah, I, mean, I think if, I, if the olympics were 2010 i might have run a little better but it's hard to time it on the right year yeah and especially if you're saying like leading up the year before and leading up to it it just didn't wasn't looking like it was going well and then you still made it to the finals of the olympics i mean I think that, I mean, I, I mean, I would, I would be okay with it, you know? Um, so like, I mean, you, you, all these years, I mean, you train so hard, um, you know, year in, year out, and you do a bunch of different races. And like you mentioned a little earlier that, you know, like you had a great race and the next one wouldn't be so good. And then you go to Prefontaine and then it's not so great. And then you come back and you do really well. Um, how do you handle like those ups and downs? I mean, cause we all have those, even if it's like, you have a good workout this week and then you have a bad one next week and you feel, you know, you feel like you're supposed to be going in this like, you know, upward, you know, linear, linear motion or whatever to, for improvement. Um, how do you deal with those ups and downs, you know, throughout your career? Yeah, it's tough because you never want it to happen on a really important day. So yeah. if you can kind of refine it, that's like a really good pro is someone who's consistent because they've learned how to refine it so that like they're always pretty close to their best on the day. So mm. I, I did try and figure things out, you know, I figured, okay, if I have allergies, I have to take care of that. Mm -hmm. If I have injuries, I have to figure out what's causing that. And so we kind of chipped away at that stuff mm -hmm. um, over the, the next four years. Um, but it's still, you still have bad workouts, you know. Like I, uh, it's very normal for me to every, you know, mm. two weeks or so have a bad, three weeks or so have a bad one, <laughs> a really yeah. bad one. Um, you just kind of get tired or yeah. you're just sore or whatever. Um, so I try to not freak out if it's like, you know, every couple workouts, but if you have a bunch in a row that are bad, then I'm like, okay, we got to fix something. Yeah. Yeah. A couple, yeah. A few in a row gets kind of, gets kind of crazy. Um, yeah. but I mean, so you think, I mean, obviously if you, you know, allergies and injuries and things like that are just things that you kind of have to work through and, you know, you can't necessarily prevent them, but like, what about like the, the mental side of it that, you know, maybe we can all learn from, I mean, cause it has to be some mental grind and, uh, learning how to pull that together. Cause even if, even on a good day where your body just feels amazing, you know, mentally, if you're not there, you can have a bad race. So how do you handle like that to stay consistent mentally? Yeah, that's definitely, and, like, once you have a bad race, it, you're kind of, 
more anxious the next time because you're you can think what if that happens again so it's definitely something you have to wrap your mind around um i like to just have a good like pre-race routine that puts me like mentally in the frame of mind to race so i I almost can't think about anything like negative or like get into those loops of like panicking because i'm like okay i have to do you know I eat my, like, granola bar at this time. I head to the track at this time. I put my shoes on. Like, I really map it all out, and it just keeps me, like, very calm. Um, So I don't know if that would help anybody to have that routine. You know, the warm-up routine's the same. It's all the same. Um, And then in the race, I just kind of do the same thing. Like, I... I know what I want to do beforehand, but mm. when I'm in the race, I kind of break it down into small chunks and just focus on each chunk. And yeah. it's like, okay, like if I want to hit this split, um, I just focus on one lap at a time, yeah. just thinking of that number. And then once we get close to the end of the race, I'm like, okay, like time to wind it up. What's that look like? Pretend you're at practice and go, you know, whatever it is, 70, 68, 61, like just pretend it's a hard rep. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of what I like to do. And then, uh, if you can have like a little phrase or something you repeat to yourself, that helps block out the negative stuff too. So. Yeah, and when I heard <laughs> when I heard you were like a like you said, I think you I don't know how you phrased, but you said you're like an anxious racer, you know, um, and so you get like really worked up before, and I you know that's like that's me to like a tea like the, the night before if it's a big race like the night before I'm like I barely I can't eat this food you know, so like yeah. how, is that like even the night before in the morning of is it all just basically like you've gotten it down to like a science where you know if I just do these things it'll kind of take that nervousness away. Yeah, I mean, you don't want to be so rigid that you panic if you can't do one of your things, but it's just something else to focus on. Um, And it's not bad. Like, I don't think it's a bad thing if you're like that. Like, I know a lot of coaches may be like, you know, you need to change this. It's very negative. But if it's how you are, it's kind of how you prepare. So I don't want to change that about myself. It's kind of like just the way I just work with it because that's how how I am. (laughs) Yeah, and I mean, I think that like, I mean, it is, I mean, I I heard a coach say, or my coach, I'm like, a coach, I heard my coach say that um she said that it's if if you're nervous it just means it's important to you you know so instead of like Mm -hmm. getting really worried about like why am i so nervous you know it's just like just you're just it's important if it wasn't important like you know if it's an easy run the eight mile easy run you're not you're not worked up about it you just go do the eight miles but then like on race day you know it matters you want a pr you want to run well or whatever um then it just means it's important it kind of reframes that too like so you're not so like worked up it's just like oh okay this is fine i, I care you know mm-hmm. um totally and, and yeah. I, yeah i think you care your your races are always like super important so i'm sure that it can be a little crazy what what so what's your like um i heard you say granola bar earlier what's your like go-to um food before like a race well usually like two hours before i have a picky bar so okay. i shameless plug. i just I like always that. have that in my bag <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, I like the caffeine one. Okay, we well, gotta have that. Ca- gotta have that caffeine kick in there for sure. <laughs> yep. um, and so let's jump forward to the, the year that I talked about. So I'm sure that I'm, I'm sure I'm gonna miss something, right? But 2016 was like this crazy year. I feel like um, you had the Melrose Games second, um, the New York City Marathon won that, the BAA 5K won that, uh, the 5,000 meter Olympic Trials you won there. <laughs> Uh, Olympic 10,000 meter American record that year, New York Marathon third, and your debut of 228.13. Like, what does that feel like to just have like this year that like almost everything, I mean, everything you did worked out? How did that feel? Yeah. 
Yeah, that was crazy. Like I, I had been really, I was really fit in. So like when we started doing half marathon training, we started in 2014. I got really strong. I started to get really fit Mm -hmm. that just like built and built. Um, but 2016, I'm so lucky that I didn't get hurt or anything because Mm -hmm. I was just so motivated that year. I was so disappointed about the year before and worlds, you know, going the way it did. But I felt like I just was so hyper-focused the entire rest of 2016 because of that. And it just gave me, like, a new fire every time I raced. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to hit the next race, hit the next race. Um, so it was kind of crazy. Like, I I felt like we were really strong from all the half-marathon training yeah. and also really motivated yeah. that year. So it was, like, two things combined. And luckily, it was an Olympic year. Um, so that was pretty special to me to have it all time and luckily I ran well like in August when it mattered um so that was some I'm pretty proud of just that we timed it right because that took basically eight years to learn how to do that yeah and so yeah there's a bunch of good questions going on here we're going to ask questions in a little bit so save them if you can and then re-ask them so I can see them um so I have to scroll but there's some good stuff going on there so yeah hold on to those questions um so like obviously to do all the things that you've done in your career um, since, you know, from high school to now, um, you have to be insanely competitive. And I heard there, like, you just had that fire. Um, You know, what, what, like, what motivates you? Like, where does that fire come from? Do you, I mean, have you thought about that much? Um, I think it just comes from, like, new challenges, like Mm -hmm. trying to do something new. Yeah. Uh, So I feel like I've always, you know, changed my event every couple years, so there's always something to work on. Um, The marathon, I feel like, is something we still haven't, like, figured out, and I haven't run to my potential in yet, so, like, I'm still, like, interested in that. I still want to work towards that, so... I think that's most of it, just having new, fresh things that you're trying to do. Yeah, I think you, you did a, a Q&A um, a day or so ago yesterday, I think it was. Um, mm-hmm. And I think I was the one that asked about the you know longevity um, in the sport. And your answer was, like, switching up events and, you know, changing focus. Like, wh- why do you think that that has helped you, like, for longevity purposes? Because, I mean, you can switch up as much as you want, but that doesn't mean that you'll, you know, from 2017 to, to now you're still dominant, you know? Um, why do you think that that has helped you? I think just because it's like a intrinsic motivation. So it almost isn't dimmed by like, whether you win or lose or actually like Ah. hit the goal. It's just, you want to try and like improve at the thing you're doing. And as long as you feel like you haven't hit your potential in it yet, then like you're still trying. So, you know, I felt like in the 5k, I did try it for a lot of years and I kind of thought, I don't know if I can get much faster in this. Um, Maybe I could have run faster in 2016 if I gave it one more race. But, like, 10K, I kind of was like, okay, like, you ran the 10K a lot of years in a row. Let's try the marathon. So, um, yeah, that feeling of, like, I feel like I've learned a lot of the little one percenters. What can we do next is what's been keeping me going. Well, yeah, I think that's cool, too. And from a training standpoint, the training is much different for each one, I would assume. So that probably switches it up, too, so your body doesn't just get so worn out on one thing. Um, you kind of switch gears a bit. Um, so, so that's cool. So is, is like the marathon, the thing that you're working on now or what do you, what is your focus at the moment? Yeah, that's what I'm working on now. I definitely feel like there's room for a PR there. And so that's, what's keeping me kind of still coming back to the marathon. Yeah. So yeah, hopefully I can 
kind of like shave some seconds off that <laughs> or yeah. minutes i'll take home minutes <laughs> yeah 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 let's, let's go minutes <laughs> we're, yeah we're, and when when's your next marathon what are you which what, what are you racing uh, Boston in Boston. October. October. Okay. All right. Well, yeah. Like if you, yeah, drop, uh, drop something under two twenty. So, what's your PR? Is it the two twenty eight thirteen? Uh, we ran two twenty six. Yeah. Something. Yeah. Two twenty six mid. The next time I was at New York. Oh yeah, you yeah. got you got. Minutes. Or no, it was from London. It's from London. You got yeah. minutes. You got minutes. We're yeah. We'll I'll be we'll be we'll, we'll all be watching <laughs> in Boston. You got minutes on that for sure. Um. So. My biggest thing, you know, I'll just talk personally is, you know, like I'll be, I can be super fit, ready for a race, you know, as you, you know, you go into most races super fit, um, but then you get out there and like there's these moments where it's just like you hit a, you hit a spell or it's just a really rough patch. How do you, you know, and with all the you know high stakes and all that, like how do you get through those moments where it just seems like your body's like, yo, I don't want to be here anymore. Yeah, I've definitely had races like that. Um... I think you just have to have, like, a couple different goals in your back pocket. Mm -hmm. So you stay, like, when the race really starts to go bad, even if your body feels bad, it's really when you stop, like, engaging and you just start just jogging, like, doing a <laughs> jogging it in. Yeah. So I try never to do that. I try, like, even if you're you're falling back to people that you never are usually back with, it's yeah. like race the person next to you or yeah. catch the person you can see in front of you. Yeah. Um, and it, if you're feeling bad, the race is going to go by faster that way, too. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I still, you know, will start checking my splits and say, look, if all I can run right now is a 520, like, keep hitting 520s. So I try to just not check out um, when it starts feeling bad and, um, you know, just tell myself someday this is going to this is going to build character that gets me through a good race. <laughs> well, yeah, and I, and I feel like I feel like is is some of your motivation because you know you weren't able to to run in the trials this year um is some of your motivation now like because I, I feel like this is a, another storm brewing for you where you're like you know i didn't it didn't end the way i wanted it to this year do you feel really motivated by you know not being able to run in trials and and kind of use that fitness that you had yeah i do feel motivated like it's tough because i feel like the injuries are catching up with me so it's like my brain is motivated but my body is just not letting the momentum build yeah but definitely i come off bad races more motivated than good races yeah, usually. yeah for sure for sure <laughs> um so yeah i guess i think we can take some questions now um and then we'll kind of like bounce around a little bit um so uh gene gene burn 68 says um what's your typical hard session and easy session look like um, our hard sessions are usually like a threshold run, like a continuous threshold run mm. of however many miles, you know, for track, probably six, uh, or a track workout, which is, we have pretty basic workouts, mile yeah. repeats, 800 repeats, things like that. And yeah. then easy day is just mileage. So I run twice most days, uh, like eight in the morning, five at night type of thing. And, and I'm super, I'm super interested about like, you know, uh, your like professionals, easy sessions. Um, like what is that, what does that look for you? Like effort wise and pace wise, like what do you look for, uh, in an easy session? Cause I think a lot of us, um, that are, I mean, it's some, a lot of us are probably running too fast. I, I think on some days, like I know for sure that, you know, I, my easy pace one day, maybe this really cool, impressive, easy pace, but then I'm thinking maybe down the road that may come back. So what does your easy pace look like? So kind of help us frame that. Yeah, that's a good point. Cause so for me, I had like in college, I used to always run a little too hard. And so it'd be 
I would always be a little bit tired all the time and my workouts weren't as good. But then when I got to Providence, um, I noticed the other women would run like seven to seven thirty pace. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was slow, but I just did it because like they're better than me. Um, and I felt so much fresher. Like I was running six thirties in college and that was too fast. Oh, like easy, easy easy day was six thirty. Yeah. Yeah, so no, easy for me now is 7 to 7.30, and it should be just literally easy. Like, you don't feel like you're working. Like, yeah. it's fun. <laughs> it, should yeah. be, it should be just, like, recovery pace. Yeah, and I mean, I try, to, I try to, whenever, like, I'm feeling really good, I try to, like, make, to remember that it, even, I know I'm really big on, like, being the mile you're in and being in present moment, all that stuff, but then sometimes, like, in order to, like, pull that back a little bit, I'll think about, like, okay, tomorrow I have this really big workout, or... I have a high mileage week this week, so even though I feel great right now, pull it back just a little bit more just to make sure that I'm, you know, that I can do all those other things I'm trying to do. Um, so, like, even now, do you have to, like, tell yourself, like, okay, slow down, slow down, slow down? Uh, I'm pretty good at it now, and, yeah. like, usually I'll run with somebody else, and so we just kind of lock in to, like, talk talking pace, oh, okay. basically. But, yeah, sometimes I'll still get a little excited yeah, if yeah. I'm doing, like... Yeah, like if I'm doing like um, a run on like the marathon course just to see it, like it's hard to not go a little too hard. <laughs> right, and I think that like the the worst thing to talk about on an easy run is like a race, like memories of yes. a race or something like that. You just be talking about like, oh yeah, and then like next thing you know, you're like a minute faster than where you're supposed to be, and both of you are just having the time of your lives, and then you look down at your watch, you're like, slow down. Um, yeah, that definitely happened to me the other day. We were what? talking about the Olympics and the races we liked, and then we were running way too fast. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, and then all of a sudden everybody's looking like, who the heck are they? Um, so, so we got another question. Uh, Jason Bartholomew, um, or Bartholomew um, says, what, uh, what did the season of quarantine teach you? Um, it taught me, like, you can't – I mean, I think everybody figured out you don't have to – like travel to race like yeah. you can kind of create events mm-hmm. where you are because yeah. um, we did make a couple races here and you know it wasn't a total loss for the year I raced mm-hmm. a couple times um, and I don't know yeah it taught me to appreciate race normal racing more like definitely road racing I think I've run one road race in like two years at this wow. point because wow. of the quarantine of COVID so you definitely appreciate other people in the running community more yeah. and um those big events more um i wish i would have actually used it to rest more longer <laughs> but it, i felt like we didn't know how long it was going to last so i yeah. kind of had to be a little bit ready the whole time yeah yeah i mean you definitely feel like you know you, you can't just sit back and think because we no one knew like it was going to last as long as it did or even still be a thing um right yeah, I, I was able. I was been able to race a few few road races this year, um, and I ended up racing uh, the Falmouth Road Race, in um, in Falmouth, Mass. And it was obviously like a few weeks ago or a month ago now, but it was the first race that like really had a nice crowd, you know. And and even then, they said it was only about like fifty percent of where it had where it was in the past. Mm-hmm. And it just felt so nice to like look at all these smiling faces, you know, and people cheering you on that don't know you. Um, and so I, I didn't realize I missed it until like you're to, you, till it's happening, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> um, and then, so we got some more questions too. So yeah, it, guys, now, now's the time to throw questions in there. If you have questions for Molly, um, 
Zoe says, uh, how do you deal with your worries? And it's uh, obviously that's a loaded question. Um, but maybe towards like racing, like how do you deal with like those anxious worries before a race or during, during training or whatever it may be? Yeah. So I'm, I'm big into like journaling. Like I have a training log, Mm. but then I, I use the believe I am training log that my friend made. Um, but I also like to write down like for example, before a race, like mm-hmm. things I'm worried about that are going to happen, um, just cause it gets it like out of my head. Yeah. So I feel like that helps. Yeah. Um, and just trying to focus like what you said, like the mile that you're in and the actual thing, like running can be like meditated that way. Cause yeah. if you really are in it and just focusing on like your breath and the split and you know, the track, like you can't think about m- much else. So yeah. I feel like I always come out of that workout or run feeling better than when going into it you do feel nervous especially if it's yeah. a hard workout yeah. but you know you're going to come out of it feeling better right right um and so like the i got two things the training log and then so you're obviously a no music do you, do you listen to music when you run at all i i do yeah actually i do um for like long runs where okay. you want you need more energy right right yeah but there, yeah. but not for all my runs okay cool cool not for workouts and then, so for the training log too, I think I was listening, watching something like Elliot Kipchoge was talking about, like in order to, if you want to get serious about running, you know, pull up a training log and take notes. Um, so you do, after all of your runs, do you journal about them and kind of write down how you feel and all that stuff? And if you could kind of like, just talk to me about that, cause I'm interested in figuring out like what I would write, like, what do we do with that? You kind of write anything you want to keep track of. So, um, yeah, if you felt good, I like to do, um, you know, whatever I did and what the splits were, um, what the rest was, who I was with, what loop I did, um, how much, you know, if I slept well or not, I'll talk about that. Um, if there's any reason that the run didn't go well, like an injury or anything, I'll keep track of that. Just things that, anything that you'd want to go back and see patterns about, um, some people like write down when they they change their shoes out um anything like that right right um yeah so i think i think i'll I'll start doing that because i I mean, because you have so many thoughts. Like, after I do a race lately, I I did it once as a joke, and I wrote down all my thoughts per mile in an Instagram post, and it got a little long, but I didn't think anybody was going to like it, and then people started saying, like, you should do it again, do it again. So I write down all my race thoughts, um, and it actually, you know, and it actually helps a lot, like, because you don't really know what you remember until you, like, kind of start writing about it, and then Mm -hmm. you do remember those, like, rough moments, and I was really upset about this race that I just did, um, and I, I just felt like I just didn't use, I didn't reached my potential in the race um but then when i started writing like writing down and remembering what those miles felt like i was like oh wow like you really did push through right there and you could have stopped um but you finished and so i had a little a few more wins to take away from that so i think that i'm gonna take your advice on that because you're faster than me too so i'll do that Um, yeah yeah sometimes you think you remember but you don't it's kind of all a blur unless you write it down yeah exactly and then you can learn there's so many things to learn from that we probably just dismiss you know even on an easy run there's something that we could find that may help us down the road um yeah. and i so, saw your post it was funny about uh crim <laughs> oh yeah 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 it was it was yeah, it was weird and then like i have to take like maybe i should do it like as a blog post because you know you only have so many characters and i'll write this whole long thing and then i'll try to put it on instagram and then i have to go through and like take sentences out and take away hashtags yeah. and weird stuff um but yeah like my, I I probably think about more than you. You probably are much more focused than me. I start thinking about the craziest yeah. stuff. My mind stays pretty quiet when I'm racing because it's just you do have to just like 
focus on trying not to fall off the yeah. pace. I remember we I ran Crim years ago. That's a that's a hard course. Yeah. It's pretty hilly. Yeah, and but the thing was like I think I mean the hills were definitely tough, um, but it was literally one hundred percent humidity that day. Like Strava mm-hmm. said, one hundred percent humidity in Midwest. That's it's been ridiculous here. Where are you at right now? Uh, I'm in Rhode Island. It's been pretty humid yeah. here too. Yeah. yeah. Are you guys getting hit with that storm at all? We just got we got a lot of rain. That was it. Okay. Okay. So, well, good. Not too bad. Yeah. So you're safe. That's good. Um, so and then the next question here, uh, Captain Fabian says. Uh, or ask, are you guys the fan of the endorphin speed too? So do you do you run? Yes. Okay. I have the endorphin speed up here. I mostly too. wear the pro. I mostly wear the pro, but the speed is good. You like how I like casually put the pro right here, just nice and like chill and ready to go. Um, so is that uh, yeah. is so is that what you're going to be racing in for Boston, or are you going to do that new thing that no one's talking about all the way? Probably that new thing <laughs> that no one's talking about all the way. Yeah, I had uh, Parker on the show, and he's like, "Yeah, like I can talk about it, but I can't really." So, are, are you are you held to like a few words on that? And like, let's talk about the shoe as much as you can. What do you love about it? How much more awesome is it than the speed than the Pro Two? It's nice. It has sort of like a track spike feel to it on the upper, but then mm-hmm. it still has all the cushioning of. The Endorphin Pro that you guys know and love. Is it much, all the cushion and spring? Is it much lighter? Because I mean, the Endorphin Pro is pretty light too. It's pretty. It's light. It's lighter than the Pro. Okay. Um, so it'll be released soon. Um, all right. I think we can show you. We can show you a few pics on Instagram. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Do, yeah. Post more pictures. We like pictures. Um, <laughs> and so let me see what we got here what's your what's your this is a good one i meant to ask you this earlier meg johnston seven says what's your top running fuel like for races um well i what i use in the marathon is gatorade endurance uh Mm -hmm. i mix between gels and the liquid Mm -hmm. formula Mm -hmm. so that's i've been using that since 2017 okay cool and i i really like it yeah so so that's been that's been the go-to for quite a bit Mm-hmm. Um, so like how important is that? Like, I know that somebody asked me the other day, like, what do I, how do I, how do you get ready for, um, you know, like, do you have to practice your fueling? I mean, cause I think some people will, you know, think that it's only for race day and then they pull out this, these gels that they haven't had in three months and then start tossing them down and they, it doesn't work in the race. Like how often do you practice your fueling strategy? Yeah, it definitely helps to practice it. I mean, you don't have to be practicing it every single workout, but let's say you're built, like, um, you get used to it quickly if you practice it, like, even just four times in your build-up. So pick, like, two or three long runs, pick one long workout Mm -hmm. so that you can practice doing it when you're running really fast, like race pace. Um, And it just helps train you to, like, run with like water sloshing in your stomach to know how you're going to, your stomach's going to react. You know, you might need to like practice actually grabbing cups and stuff like that. You know, (laughs) you don't want to be spilling everywhere. So you do get better at it very quickly. Um, so why not, why just get that out of the way before race day? So then race day is smooth. That's what I always tell people. I feel like you're talking about me with the cups thing. I'm so, <laughs> I'm so bad at the cups. I mean, I I wish I could just be an elite already, so I can have a bottle. Like, cause the cups yeah. are just terrible. 
we're spoiled. We don't really need we don't really use use cups that often. I've done it a few times. It is really hard. <laughs> well, I mean, let's just be real. I mean, you're going on a given day. You're going a minute and a half per mile faster than me. So like coming through grabbing a Dixie cup off a table probably isn't the thing that you need to be doing at that speed. But it's yeah. just so hard to like figure out. Like I know people say you got to pinch it and all this other stuff. It's what gets weird. Um, so let me got another question for you. Uh, so run with, run with, run with Ruth. I can't read. Uh, how can you tell the difference between pushing through a workout, uh, and stopping before you get injured? Hmm. Yeah, that's important. Um, I feel like if something is like a sharp pain, mm-hmm. like if I if I actually think it's a painful step or something like that, mm-hmm. I, I end up stopping. I, and I know I'm already going to need a couple days off if it's sharp. Um, there's tricky injuries that you could kind of work your way around, and that's when you have to ask yourself, like, should I run through this? Should I not? Yeah. You're usually going to end up limping. It's us- yeah. The answer is almost always no if it's changing your form. Yeah. I know sometimes we all do it anyway. Um, yeah. that's another reason it helps to have another person around though. Cause they can say like, you're limping, stop. Like, yeah. what are you doing? Like, it's easier to, <laughs> it's easier to give someone else advice than give yourself advice. Yeah, of course. Of course. Yeah. If we, if we only took the advice that we give others, we'd all be great. Right. Um, so like, yep. <laughs> I think, I think that like that, I think I'm going to take away from that, the sharp pain thing. Cause I know sometimes it'll be like a sharp pain in a run and then, it may go away the next day and you don't feel it walking around the house. So you go out and take another chance at it. Um, and sometimes it works out, but then, you know, often for most people, it probably doesn't. So I like that. Like if it's a sharp pain that would make you want to stop, then you just automatically just scrap the next two days, recover and move on. Cause it's not worth it. Right. Yeah. And you don't want to be running like compensating in any way. Yeah. So Try not um, to do that. And then, so Boris eighteen ninety two says, uh, "Who is, who was your running idol when you were when you started running?" Um, when I first started running, gosh, so in high school I didn't know a ton about running, so you had to be like a superstar to even like get into my brainwaves because I was not studying up on people. So it was people like El Garouge or Gabriel Selassie, just like superstars of the sport. Um, and then later on in college, I got more tuned in and Dina Castor was someone I really loved. Um, it still is. And then now I love, uh, Meb is one of my favorite runners right now. Right, and Edna right. Kiplagat too. Yeah. Well, yeah, no, that's, that's, I mean, cause I think we all have to have like those, you know, people that we continue to look for. I mean, even like, if you, like you said, you even have to have people, um, that you look up to that keep kind of pushing you and cause there's always somebody that's doing it, that maybe doing it differently or better or whatever that you can learn from. Um, which is a very humble way to look at it too, especially coming from somebody that has like an American record here and there, you know? Um, so like, uh, another question too, any advice for young runners who are just getting going with running? I think that's a great one. Um, even doesn't even have to be young runners because start with young because that's their question. But I think we can finish with just there's people that run start running at age fifty. You know what? What's some advice mm-hmm. for young and then anyone? Yeah, I I would say maybe for young runners, um, try to still do other sports as well as running. Like I think uh, like everyone I've talked to who is at a high level in the sport, not mm-hmm. everyone, but a lot of people, and I'm referencing like. Um, this running book, this women's running book we just wrote, we interviewed 70 women and most of them didn't specialize in running until they were, uh, you know, 
late high school age. Mm -hmm. And I think those other sports they played helped them stay athletic and not get overuse injuries and just have that like dynamic, like strength that you do actually need when you're running, um, coordination, all that good stuff. Um, so I'd, I'd give that tip, like do run, do learn, enjoy running, but maybe don't go like three seasons a year from, you know, a really young age, like 12 or 11 or something like that. Um, at least for distance running anyway. And then for anyone just starting to run, I'd say, um, (laughs) it gets, it gets to a point where you don't even think about it and it's fun, but it takes a couple months. So just stick with it. Cause I'm sure they're probably thinking, you know, running feels awful. Um, I remembered my first runs, even as a kid, not feeling that good sometimes. So yeah, stick yes. with it. Yeah, just stick with it for <laughs> sure. Uh, speaking speaking of... Slow st- down. <laughs> oh, yeah, slow down a lot. Yeah, just chill out. <laughs> you don't have to PR every time you go out there, right? Um, yeah. Uh, speaking of sticking with it, Lewis uh, Keller Jr. says, um, or asks, what do you think about run streaking? Because, I mean, it, run streaks have been a thing forever, obviously, but it seems like lately it's just more and more people either started it like in the in, in COVID um, uh, during the pandemic, and it's like really kind of bl- uh, blowing up right now. What do you think about streaking? I think I love streaking. I think it's really cool. I think, um, you know, you don't want to get OCD about it and do anything harmful, but yeah. I just really appreciate a streak, especially people that have like really long streaks. Yeah. Like, uh, I just think it, I don't know. It's kind of like this ongoing challenge. Like a race is like a challenge you do on one day, but the streak is just this, like every day you need that little bit of discipline to like figure out how to get this done. And it's just kind of cool to see like that whole body of like work of like every day I made sure I did this. Like, you know, I practiced being like accountable and all these great things. Um, so yeah, I think they're kind of cool. Yeah, no, I, th- I think it's cool too. I, I mean, because like I run, I run six days a week right now for, for for the longest. Um, but then like if I think about adding like that one, that seventh day, I, I think my mind would blow up. So especially after like after races, like I know people that have done like marathons, and then they're just like back. They keep their streak alive. Like, and I need that. Like, I need to figure it out. Like, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta change it. Um, well, the thing about a streak is it could be like one mile could count for your run. It doesn't have to be like, you know, a full eight mile run. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think, I think the, I think it just like has to be one mile at least. I think that's the thing. Like you have to put in at least one mile. Um, and obviously, you know, one mile a day for 365 days would be fun, but I think that the, it's cooler if you kind of mix it up and put some like yeah. long runs in there. Um, just, just, uh, right running just said that he, he's hit 45 days in a row today. So, oh, and now we got Lewis. Hey. Oh, so Lewis Keller Jr. was asking for himself really. He's at day four, day, uh, 480. So congrats to 245 yeah. and congrats to, to 480. That is wildly impressive. Um, so Molly, I just want to know. End it with a couple things. Um, number one, thank you so much for joining the show. Uh, number two, it's called the Run, Eat, Sleep Show. So, like, the run, eat, and sleep is more like the recovery side of things. So, I'm going to ask you a question. Um, if you had to run one race, you know, like one distance forever, um, eat one food for dinner every night forever, um, and then what's your go-to like recovery thing to do like on a recovery day so what would you what what race what distance uh what food and what would you do um what's your favorite thing to do on a recovery day 
So the race would be the 5K. Mm-hmm. I love the 5K. I feel like it's just you can run it hard or you can, you know, it's just short. You don't have to kill yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, the food I could eat every day, probably, hmm, I want to say ramen. Okay. Sushi, one of the or no pokey. I'll say pokey. Pokey okay. bowl. I could eat that every day. Um, and let's see, recovery. So like recovery meaning something fun you do when you don't yeah. have to run, or yeah, meaning, exactly. like it helps you recover. No, no, like something, something fun. fun. Yeah, something fun. Oh, for for sure, shopping. I'd go shopping. All right, all right, all right. Get some more time on feet. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> um, and then um, secondly, here we have the contest that. Um, that we're gonna we're gonna be giving away a pair of shoes today, uh, 100 up to 150 dollars from Gazelle Sports here in Michigan. They have five stores. Check them out, GazelleSports.com. Um, they teamed up with Saucony to help me give away a pair of shoes today. Uh, hopefully, if you join in the contest, you're here on here as well. But I need you. So it's gonna I'm gonna give you a range of numbers to pick from. Um, think about it. Take a minute because it's important. It's 150 bucks. It's going to be a pair of shoes for somebody, a pair of Sauconies. Um, no, pick a number between 1 through 73. Okay. Let me get my random number. Hold on. I don't want to mess this up. Think ramen. Think something happy. Think some happy thoughts because we got somebody waiting for to win a pair of shoes here. I'm going to say lucky number 53. 53. <laughs> for no reason at all. All right, 53. 53 is happy guy. The happy guy, I'm sure happy guy is even happier right now. <laughs> happy guy, you won a pair of, of Sauconies from uh, Gazelle Sports here in Michigan. Um, so I'll let him know after this. Thank you so much, Molly, for your time. Thank you, like I said earlier, thank you so much for all you do for the sport. Keep pushing. We're watching. Keep inspiring. Um, and if there's just one thing that you could say to everyone watching, um, what would that be? Um Take care of yourselves, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and running is one way. <laughs> that, that's awesome. Yeah, happy guy will be a happy guy. <laughs> um, thanks so much, Molly. Uh, yeah, take care of yourselves, and make sure if you're listening to this, please run, eat, sleep, and repeat. Thanks, guys. Yes, thanks, Tommy. No, thank you, Molly. Have a good one. Night, everybody. Right, bye. Bye. Wow. Um, yes. Thank you so much, Molly, for being on the show. Thank you so much for all the motivation and inspiration that you provide to all of us. Um, I'm saying this as, as if she's listening to this again. Um, who knows? Maybe she will. Thanks so much, Molly, again. And thank you, everybody, for tuning in. If you liked it, please go to Instagram, like that, like the video, or like the uh, the, the IGTV version of this. Like it, share it, um, comment, all that good stuff. And thank you so much for your interaction. Thank you so much for your love. Talk to you guys later. Make sure you run, eat, sleep, and repeat.